This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome to the broadcast. It's good to see you. I mean that. You look great. Already today, you look great. I know you feel like you look a little rough, but you're fine. You're fine. Pour yourself another cup of coffee, sit down, and relax, okay? We'll get through it together. We'll get through the first couple hours together, okay? And then you can move on to Opelka and Salcedo and Slater and Joe Pags, your, your whole Saturday thing here on the Blaze Radio Network. But right now, it's just you and me, drinking a little coffee, relaxing, talking about some of the, some of the things that are going on around the world, and I will try for the better part of the show not to delve into politics. I'll try for the better part of the show. So let's get it out of the way, shall we? If you all saw, if you didn't, let me tell you that uh, they had the protests in Chicago and the supporters uh, fighting disrespecting each other in Chicago at the Trump rally, at the proposed Trump rally that was canceled. Um, Good job, uh, by the way, protesters. Uh, I'd be almost willing to bet that you work for Trump because that is all the news coverage. Donald Trump. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Not anything about what he's going to do for the country is just that, you know, his, there's protests going on for his rally that was canceled. Good job. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And I followed the tweets all last night. Um, he's already canceled his uh, next stop in Cincinnati because they weren't able to uh, vet the uh, area long enough. Job Secret Service be on top of that one. But they're going to find a place in Cincinnati. But all the protests, all the supporters, all on fire last night, especially on social media. And they they sound a lot like him. I mean, we heard him in the debate the other night. Um, a couple of my favorite quotes from Donald during the debate. Uh, we have a long time. Not a long time in terms of what we're talking about, but we have a long time. Wait. What was that, Don? And then the other quote that caught my attention was one of my favorites. There were several, but these, this one, the one we have a long time, not a long time in terms of what we're talking about, but we have a long time. That was probably my favorite out of the debate. And then there was the way we've been doing it for the past long period of time. Okay. Give you that one. But then my favorite tweet from the proposed rally, demonstration, protesting, fight. I don't think it was a riot, although some places called it a riot. Uh, Last night in Chicago, my favorite tweet was, 
Mounted cops moved further closer. Tensions are high. Wait. Mounted cops moved further closer. Tensions are high. That almost might be a Donald Trump tweet. It's not. But it could be. It very well could be. And of course, uh, I mean, Donald Trump didn't have anything to do with creating this environment. No. That would be stupid to think that. Wouldn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yes, of course it would be. Because, hey, Trump has only said a few things about beating the crap out of people at rallies. Only said, uh, let's see, I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you that. But he certainly doesn't have anything to do with this, and of course... No way did he have anything to do with creating this environment. And in fact, our president, President Barack Obama, also said, I don't blame me for this environment. No, no, Mr. President. You've been one of the most divisive human beings in this country for the last seven years. But this type of action on the streets, so it's not your fault. Oh, wait. This happened in a couple other cities uh, while you're uh, while you're president of the United States. Where else did it happen? Oh yeah, that's right. Let's see. There was Missouri, Maryland, Florida, just to name a few. So this had nothing to do with you, did it? No, no. So you don't you worry about taking credit for any of that. Don't worry about it at all. None of this environment is your fault. Ever. Okay? And, of course, the Trump campaign, thank you very much for your attendance. Please go in peace. Please. And, you know, I'm just as guilty as anyone else. I put him at the, you know, the top of the top of the list of what to talk about because it's right there instead of talking about something else. Instead of talking about, I don't know, maybe the idea that the man that should be president uh, is out, still running. We're still in the race. Do you want Marco Rubio? Maybe. After last debate, he looked great. But I don't think he has a chance. Kasich doesn't have a chance. Our man Ben Carson, who now uh, endorsed Donald Trump down in Florida yesterday, agonizing. I don't know what Mr. Ben Carson thinks that he's going to uh, get out of this. But one of the things he is going to get is lack of respect from thousands of people who believed he was a good man. And instead endorsed a man like Donald Trump. And if you look at the numbers, it doesn't look like it's, uh, you know... Uh, there's no way Rubio or Kasich wins. However, when you see the story of uh, Rubio telling his people to don't vote for me, vote for Kasich in Ohio, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, and of course, you know, vote for Rubio in Florida. Vote for me in Florida, vote for Kasich in Ohio. 
So, and then crews can go out and get the other states. So that actually plays if they if they work together, you can knock out Trump. Casey gets Ohio, Cruz gets Florida. I mean, Rubio gets Florida. Cruz picks up one or second place in a couple of those other states. Then Kasich and Rubio can get out, and those can go to Ted. Those delegates can go to Ted. It's a good plan. Hope it works. I don't know that it will. On the other side, you've got Hillary Clinton. Bad. Bad. And, of course, she's just trying to be nice at the Nancy Reagan funeral and talking about Nancy Reagan. And she did an interview with uh, one of the networks and was just being nice, talking about Nancy Reagan, the Reagans and their time in office. And she said... uh, She praised Mrs. Reagan as a force in confronting uh, Alzheimer's and confronting HIV and AIDS. It was killing alarming numbers of gay men during the Ronald Reagan's term. And people didn't want to talk about it, but thanks to them, they did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The gay community went crazy. No, they did not. It wasn't their idea that it penetrated the public conscience. No. No, no, no. Reagan didn't even talk about it for the first four or five years. He didn't want to know it existed. So right away, man, she apologizes. Oh, man, I am so sorry. While the Reagans were strong advocates for stem cell research and finding a cure for Alzheimer's, I misspoke on their record on HIV and AIDS. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I misspoke. I was just trying to be nice. Well, at least she was trying to be nice. Right? Our president? Nah. I'm not going to go to the funeral. Who cares? It's an embarrassment if he doesn't go to that funeral. He speaks at South by Southwest. Yeah, he wants to speak at South by Southwest so he can tell us all, uh, oh, yeah, um, remember, uh, don't forget, um, smartphones should be accessible to law enforcement. And there's no reason why we the, uh, the government shouldn't have access to all of that. Wait. You couldn't go to the funeral because you wanted to tell the South by Southwest audience that, yeah, of course the government should have access to law to to your smartphones. Okay, no problem, Mister President. No problem. Appreciate it. And you've got Bernie Sanders running the socialist, right? And you've got people uh, I don't know uh, people from socialist countries. Who uh, are reminding, hopefully, America that um, socialism in the 21st century was a luxury paid for by the successes of capitalism in the 20th. And that while inequality is a huge problem, the best way to increase everyone's share of the pie is to make the pie bigger not to dismantle the bakery. Um, That from former Soviet Union chess 
Grandmaster Gary Gasparov. You know, one of the things that Gary, uh, I would say, the only thing I disagree with a little bit on that, although I agree with it, uh, make the pie bigger. Oh, why even worry about making the pie bigger? I'll make another pie. Uh, there isn't just one pie. Although, you know, if you use his analogy, there's one pie, we just make the, the pie bigger. Okay. But why make the pie bigger when you can just make another pie? I mean, either way. Either way, there's not just one pie. And if I never understood the thought of if that person has more than me, how does it hurt me? I never understood that because that person has more than me, it hurts me. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand it. And then, trending all over the internet, was this television commercial from the 1960s. Now, it was brought to my attention, is this real? Well, I looked at it and I thought, well, of course it's real. And then when I get asked the question, is this real? I think, oh my gosh, it might not be. Either way, either way, real or not, the information in it, if you replace some names, he talks about Nixon, he talks about Johnson, he talks about, well, we'll play the ad, but I just want you to replace the names with the names that are in the presidential run now. And the one thing that makes me think it's real is the guy smokes in the commercial. Only in the 60s do you let people smoke in a commercial. Here's what he had to say. I certainly don't feel guilty about being a Republican. I've always been a Republican. My father is, his father was. The whole family is a Republican family. I voted for Dwight Eisenhower the first time I ever voted. I voted for Nixon the last time. But when we come to Senator Goldwater, now it seems to me we're up against a a very different kind of a man. This man scares me. Now maybe I'm wrong. A friend of mine has said to me, listen, just because uh, a man sounds a little irresponsible during a campaign doesn't mean he's going to act irresponsibly. You know that theory that the White House makes the man. Uh, I don't buy that. What? Sometimes I, I wish I'd been at that convention in San Francisco. I mean, I wish I'd been a delegate. I really do, because I, I would have fought, you know? And I wouldn't have worried so much about party unity, because if you unite behind a man you don't believe in, it's a lie. Huh. I mean, when the head of the Ku Klux Klan, when all these weird groups come out in favor of <laughs> the candidate of my party, either they're not Republicans or I'm not, Think about it. I've thought about just not voting in this election, just I knew, staying I knew home. I was going to think but about you it. you can't do that because that's, that's saying you, you don't care who wins, and, and I do care. I think my party made a bad mistake in San Francisco, and I'm going to have to vote against that mistake on the 3rd of November. Huh. Vote for President Johnson on November 3rd. 
The stakes are too high for you to stay home. More of the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network in moments. You're listening to the Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You know, good news. Good news. Coming to a city near you soon. In New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio signed an executive order earlier this week taking all gender restrictions off of the city-owned bathrooms. Yay! Anyone, male or female, can enter any bathroom for male or female at city playgrounds, pools, or offices without worry or hesitation and will never have to show an ID to prove your identity. What? could possibly go wrong. On Facebook, de Blasio posted a message proclaiming an end to discrimination. Yay! Now remember, public schools are exempt from the law, but no worries. No worries. Because they're only exempt from the new law because... It's already a policy at New York City schools to allow the use of locker rooms and bathrooms no matter a person's gender identity. So, so, the bill doesn't require, this is more good news because you're not going to want to spend, you know, a bunch of money on new bathrooms. (laughs) What are you, stupid? doesn't require agencies to build new single-stall restroom or locker room facilities. Instead, enforces that all individuals, including those who are transgender, gender nonconforming, or free to use single-sex facilities consistent with their gender identity. Good. Access to bathrooms and other single-sex facilities is a fundamental human right, and that should not be restricted or denied to any individual. Every New Yorker, according to the mayor, every New Yorker should feel safe in our city, and this starts with our city buildings. Yeah. Let's see. 
You got about 25,000 gender nonconformists in New York. Population of what? 8 million? Oh, yeah. Everyone should be happy. Everyone should be happy. What could possibly go wrong? But hey, doesn't matter. No ID. Pick a bathroom. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. It rolls on. 888-900-3393. Saturday Radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Immediately following this broadcast, Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka. Live. Then Chris Salcedo at noon, Mike Slater, Joe Paggs, all live on the Blaze Radio Network. Now there is a little, little downtime. Uh, between Opelka and Chris Salcedo with a little best of Jay Severin on our Saturday lineup. So you can kick back, enjoy that. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, I don't know, plant some flowers Saturday morning. Do something outside. Get some fresh air while Jay's on. Then come back in and sit down and have a little lunch and join the rest of the Saturday lineup on the Blaze Radio Network. I don't know what Mike's giving away today. I mean... He's giving. Well, he's got books to give away. Whole oh, great books, boy. You know, that'd be great. I, is, are they? Uh, maybe he'll sign them. Maybe no matter whose book they are, you'll be able to get an autographed Michael Pelka book, no matter what book it is. So it's possible you get that today. Good luck. Good luck to you for that. Mean that. Mean that. Okay. So I see this story about hotels changing. And I'm like, what? So the hotels now, they're talking about going for a new minimalist look. No desks, closets, just beds and a a little place here. Young travelers, hotels know, just want a clean and efficient space to stay. They spend less time in rooms and like to socialize and work in vibrant lobbies with a sense of community. So carpets are being replaced by easy-to-clean laminate floors. Tubs are being ripped out in favor of glass showers. And instead of working at a desk, guests are increasingly expected to use glorified windowsills or oversized TV trays. If those flexible workspaces aren't conducive to creativity, hotels are hoping to nudge guests to bring their laptops to the lobby where they might buy a glass of wine while typing away. Shut up. If I wanted to do that, I'd go camping with my wife and my son. i go camping. No. Okay? That is not even a one star. 
All right, anything below two star, that's camping. So right there, what I just said to you, that's camping. I'm sorry. Stop it. Now, I do remember being on a trip and needing uh, internet uh, across the U.S. We were driving, we were driving, uh, where the heck were we driving from? I don't remember. But I know I had, you know, obviously, I mean, I've, I use, you know, the internet every day of my life. And uh, I had work to do. So the rooms, I got news for you. A lot of hotels across the country that's claimed to have Wi-Fi don't. Oh yeah, that's your Wi-Fi. You should be able to uh, get the Wi-Fi. Uh, we're gonna put you. We're gonna put you in the back building, uh, in room eight hundred and thirty-two. Uh, good luck connecting to the Wi-Fi, but you have it. So I went to the. I went to lobbies of all these hotels where we were driving across the country, middle of the night. I didn't go down to be with, enjoy the company of a bunch of people and drink wine, and surf the internet. I wanted to work, so I went down in the middle of the night. Well, it's just, I mean, nobody is down there. But the Wi-Fi works great in the front lobby by the front desks. Huh. Surprise that Wi-Fi works great by where all the workers are. Huh. So I just, I sat there and worked. You know, all these all these hotels in the lobby just working. Um, I would have much rather been in my room in a comfortable chair. Not at a TV tray uh, or on a windowsill. Okay? So, uh, you hotels, uh, maybe you're owned by the new airlines that want seats to be smaller. Or maybe we use just bar stool seats on airlines because they want to jam pack us in. So, maybe your hotel rooms. Oh, you know what we can do? We can make the hotel rooms half the size and get more guests huh that's a good idea that's genius now to do that we're going to have to say that people want it so we'll call it uh, uh, we'll call it minimalist yeah people want minimalist they want nothing in the rooms they just want to spend time in the lobby yeah that's what we'll do we'll do that now, they don't have to stay in the lobby, but since there's nothing in the closet where they're staying, they'll have to come to the lobby. Dear hotels, no, please. I do not want that. But it reminded me of a story that just uh, broke the other day of a British man uh, posting on Facebook uh, his store, his uh, story in uh, staying at the local jailhouse. He was locked up at the police station, and while inside his cell, he took photos uh, using that electronic device that was not confiscated from him, by the way. Huh. So, I, I, you know, the police said, well, we're investigating that. It's your fault he had it. You let him in there. It's his fault. No. He's supposed to say, oh, by the way, hey, you forgot to take my iPad. Here it is. No. But he raided his jail cell. I've given this place four stars. The room was nice, adding that the minimalistic idea was a nice touch. So then I go to the hotel story that talks about the minimalistic rooms they want us they want us to be in jail cells. 
They want us to be in jail cells. The police are still uh, a little pissed at uh, Christian for having his uh, having his iPad in there. But uh, hey, he said uh, it's the all-day breakfast that lets it down. Apart from the staff, uh, is pleasant. Had my own suite, room, and butler who could come with tea and newspapers. Room was nice. The minimalistic idea was a nice touch. It was secure and safe. Quadruple glazing and security door. Ideal place for winding down after a hard day. I'd definitely come back. Very funny. Very funny. Now, is it funny? Of course it is. The police don't like it to be funny, but it is. You know it is. All right, let's look at some headlines, let you know. We talked a little bit about uh, NASA and my man uh, Scott Kelly uh, coming back after his uh, year-long in space. Uh, He is going to retire now. He's saying, you know what, Um, that year in space did me in. (laughs) You got to do your tests on me, but uh, I'm done. And why not? I mean, really, he's, I mean, A, he can, you know, travel the world talking about his year in space and having 500 and some days in space uh, for the rest of his life. Um, he's got, and I don't know how much is owned. I'm sure all the pictures are owned by NASA, but the stories in Scott's head are all his. It'll be a great book. And well, we'll try to talk to him on this show as well because it will be fascinating. I would love to interview Scott uh, and find out uh, some inside stories of his year in space. It'd be, it'd be fun to talk to him. Uh, we have uh, the new NASA study, speaking of NASA, that uh, undercuts the EPA, finds fracking not to blame for increased methane emissions. Huh. Big surprise. And Marco Rubio hit it out of the park on the climate change at the debate the other night. Good for him. Good for him. Okay. You've got uh, Peru. Yes, we're, we're marching. We've got the Middle East all on fire. Uh, seriously, the Middle East is big time on fire. We're used, this is how uh, now they're selling this as a good thing, but I take it another way. I know it's a surprise. Uh, I saw the headline of our military, uh, going back to using Vietnam era planes to fight ISIS. Um, and they're selling that as a good thing because, uh, you know, they're, it's a good way for them to be more direct hits. Um, perhaps, I don't know, we use some of the modern equipment we have. And, uh, I don't know, not bring out of retirement the Vietnam War planes. <laughs> Come on. Stop it. Stop it. But not only are we protesting in the Middle East, we're protesting in Europe with our with the immigration problems. Angela Merkel is probably on her way out. She's doomed. Uh, I don't know how she can stay in office, but she may find a way. Uh, We are protesting here in the U.S. (laughs) Yay! Yay! And now, uh, you know, we've talked about South America, so great. Uh, Peru uh, is marching. Uh, They're marching uh, in Brazil. They're pissed. Uh, Ecuador has been close to on fire for a while. I'd like to know how Brazil is going to make it to the Olympics. We may have to 
take a, we have to delve into the Olympics next week and see exactly how they're doing on that because I, if you were planning on going to Brazil for the Olympics, you may think, you know what, let's go somewhere else and maybe watch the Olympics uh, on TV. And we'll just let uh, NBC uh, show me all that's going on there, and I'll stay here. We'll let them worry about that. Right? Yes, of course. And Venezuela, I mean, they're out of food and protesting in Venezuela, so good. Yes. So we don't want to, you know, don't feel special that we're protesting here in the U.S. because other socialist countries, I mean, other countries are uh, protesting as well. So that's good. That's really good. And, of course, you have the Breitbart spokesman going more Trump in the news just because of this Breitbart spokesman who was grabbed and bruised from the uh, manager of Trump, Lewandowski, and now she's, you know, she's filed a law, she's filed a, a police report, and Breitbart is trying to back up Trump, and then they get caught in a lie, and their people quit or get fired, and it's all a mess. It's all a mess. This is what you get. Oh, this is what you get. This is what you get when you first try to deceive, right? Oh, what a wicked web we weave when first we try to deceive. Yes. That's what you get there, Trump Bart. Live with it. Live with it. That's what happens. And, of course, yesterday, uh, 70s band uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Keith Emerson died. We had reports that Keith uh, died on Friday. Uh, rest in peace, Keith. But we're getting reports today that he may have killed himself. So another tortured rock musician can't live anymore on earth and has to kill themselves sad very sad and the guy you'd think had everything right i mean he toured the world he was creating music not only was he creating things from his old band he was creating new stuff he was creating symphonies he was doing uh film and yet it wasn't enough he couldn't he, he struggled through it all i I wish that people who were struggling like that would get help. There's no need for them to to end their life when they had so much to give. And don't forget, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. tonight or tomorrow morning, technically tomorrow morning. Um, You have to stay up till then. Because it's time change weekend. And it's spring, so you spring ahead. So at 2 a.m., move everything to 3 a.m. And you can't do it before. Uh, It's a law. And so you may have the time police come to your house if you do it earlier. (laughs) If they come to your house and find out that you've set the clocks ahead before 2 (laughs) a.m., oh, my gosh, do I feel sorry for you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, JeffyMRA. Yeah, go there. Do that. Hit the thumb up in the air thing on Facebook. Click follow on Twitter and follow on Instagram. You could do that. Just, I mean, hello. And I try to share. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I share uh, things that are uh, the same across all three platforms, and then I try to break things up a little bit. There's some things that I just do for Instagram, and some things that I just do for Facebook, and many things that I just use for Twitter since Twitter is my favorite. I make no bones about it. Twitter is my favorite. Before I leave you this hour, I want to let you know that uh, coming up uh, next hour, we have an interview with David Pogue, uh, tech guru and uh, a life hack genius. You'll see what I mean when we talk to him next hour. And uh, I'll leave you this hour with the Romanian wife who ripped off her husband's testicle because... He didn't get her flowers on International Women's Day. So the next time the wife asks her flowers, you may want to think about getting them, okay? (laughs) Just saying. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. David Pope, author, live event speaker, columnist, podcaster, television show host, technology expert. I mean, you really are. You're the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> I'm I mean, just listening to you. I mean, maybe that's why the Dos Equis beer guy is retiring. Their most interesting <laughs> man. I mean, he's been proven a fraud. That's you. I've heard a couple of interviews from you. I thought, thank you for coming on the broadcast. I find you fascinating. And, um, you know, I'll get to know you a little bit. Since uh, I know one of your life spaces is a tech expert. And uh, you know, I try to keep my audience uh, abreast of some of the future stuff that's coming down the pike, especially if it's you know for our own safety and for our livelihoods. Um, in your travels, top one or two tech items that are going to change the way we live. Hmm. Yeah, that is that is pretty much my beat. Um, I'd say there's two huge, huge ways of. Technology, they're going to change everything in the next couple of years. One is artificial intelligence and robotics. We've been hearing about that for decades. Yes, we have. Finally turning into real products. You know, self-driving cars are a huge example. Um, People people think that self-driving cars are interesting and cool and provocative, Mm -hmm. but that's only the first half of the revolution. The other half uh, is self-driving cars meets Uber, that is, uh, you will not own a car. You will summon one every time you need a ride somewhere on your app. You'll just say, pick me up, and this robotic car will come and pick you up. And this is, this is not just 
fantasy. General Motors uh, first in, uh, invested half a billion dollars in Lyft, and then just today right. they bought uh, a robotic car company. Um, they are actively working on this, and Uber itself just bought the entire Carnegie Mellon Robotics Department to uh, work on the same idea. I mean, there really is no reason for a wife. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, wow. I'm I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what there won't be any need for is driver's ed, driver's license, speed limit, right. guardrails, garages, um, drunk driving. You know, get as drunk as you want. You can sleep. It, it won't matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's lived in any, you know, up and down the East Coast, uh, the Northeast for sure, has, uh, you know, has lived their life without an automobile for any, you know, length of time for sure right and so i mean you get an idea of how it would how life is like without an automobile the driverless taxi idea will be biggest in metropolitan areas um and i would say that because driverless cars have a safety record that's thousands of times better than humans right i would say uh it is it is not the problem of introducing driverless cars. The problem is going to be the humans still right. on the road. Right, I, exactly. I that, that's what I mean. So the humans are, you know, you're not going to be able to put them together. I get that the driverless cars are going to have, you know, are having an idea between sooner or later being able to talk to themselves and not causing accidents and that kind of thing. But it's going to be the humans that are screwing it up. So the only way to, you're not going to want them together. Well, I mean, Right now, Google's prototypes have driven 1.8 million miles on regular public roads intermixing with with regular cars, uh, and they've only been in a single accident at a two-mile-an-hour fender-bender with a, with a bus right, just right. last week. Um, right. I mean, that's and, pretty good. Uh, so I, I don't think that's the idea. I don't think they'll need to be segregated. I think that the more people switch to self-driving cars, the fewer the accidents there will be, period. Right. So I think it'll... But but the the artificial intelligence thing is just I mean that's just one example you know the the drones coming out this year for example can now you know sense and avoid objects they they can't crash Amazing. basically you can fly it directly toward a tree and it it won't go it'll refuse <laughs> like a like trying to ride a horse into a telephone pole you know right, you just can't like, do nope, it. no nope. I'm not gonna hit that that's right that's great um and and robot robots like regular Two-footed walking robots are suddenly appearing as useful, capable machines. And right. I, I went to um, a really cool event sponsored by DARPA, our, our government's coolest uh, department, the, Devance, the, the Defense Advanced Research Project Administration. And um, they, tried to, they had a contest, $3.5 million of prizes, to whoever could come up with a robot that could have gone into the Fukushima nuclear power plant and shut off the water valves and saved the day. And they had entries from 25 countries, and they had to drive a car and open doors and climb over rubble and unplug power cords. It was just That's absolutely fascinating. amazing. Things didn't exist four years ago. Um, didn't they have, I mean, there were reports that they were using, actually, some robots to go into uh, the nuke plant in Fukushima, and I don't know that they actually were able to uh, come in and out of there. Is that... You, yeah, you're right. You're right. They sent in what was then the state of the art, which is little camera bots, you know, with treads, but they weren't able to do anything about the problem. Right. They could they could peek at it, but they couldn't actually shut off the water. They couldn't, you know, cut a piece of sheetrock open to let a trapped person out. They couldn't right. do anything. These robots can. And it was 
it was breathtaking to see. So that's that's one giant wave, where, I'd say. Where are we at with, you know, so many of the studies have shown that, um, you know, we as humans are, we love the robots as long as we know they're robots. <laughs> but we don't love robots if we, you know, if they if they look too much like us and we think they either they either look like us and something's off or they look like us and they're nothing is off and we're like no that's too freaky. Yeah, uncanny valley they they call it when when a robot looks so much like a person that your brain is actually fooled for a minute. Uh very disorienting. I mean there's there's a lot of people there are a lot of people saying let's put on the brakes with with this AI stuff, you know, we don't, we don't want the uh, the robots turning on us. Right. Well, look. I, I, first, I mean, I think that we're, um, I think we will be able at least for you know a few years to make sure that they won't turn on us, right. and we can use them for um, you know for, to advance us. Right. I mean, that's what they're for. Yeah. Exactly. I when I saw the I. I I got to interview the DARPA guy who ran that robotics competition, that robot competition, and he said, "I look at these, and there's no doubt in my mind that when we're 90, these things will be in our homes taking care of us." And I have to say, absolutely. I mean, they are coming along so fast. <laughs> I, I I'm actually all for that. I'm good with it, no problem. But what we have, uh, so we're good with the robots. So let's. How, where are we at with uh, uh, the human chipping? You know, the body chips. Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't seen anything leaping forward there. Um, even even putting things on your face, like Google Glass, was kind of a bomb. I think people are right. missing the instinctive human distaste for that kind of thing. I think most people would rather not have circuitry inside. That's why their I body. think you know. That's why I thought you know we have the um, uh, well. We saw in you know there's television shows obviously that aren't real. I know they're not real, Dave. It's okay. <laughs> Um, but we have, uh, you know, say like um, the show Continuum. She has the uh, the uh, uh, eye computer, you know. So it's it, it's her uh, it's her microchip in her eye, and then she has the chip that she uploads and downloads, so that her uh, her eye is the computer screen. Inside her eye is the computer screen. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about if we have, you know, everybody's putting on the glasses and everybody no everybody doesn't want to look uh you know goofy with the uh virtual reality glasses and now we've got uh you know the samsung sevens are you know you get the they slide on for the virtual reality glasses what about just wearing just making so the our we have a helmet i mean so the you know we just have the helmet the helmet can have the i mean it's almost like a space helmet right i mean you have the you have the microphone to make the calls you have the screen to see and you can go back and forth from real life yeah, I guess I guess I'm not sold. I just I don't see the streaming <laughs> need for it. I mean, Google Glass bombed, uh, uh, 3D television bombed. Right. I mean, well, if you're sure going to strap something onto your face, it better be, you know, life changing. Right. And considering what you give up, you know, social interactions, awareness of your surroundings. Um, yeah. I'm sure, it's such an easy sell. Yeah. That. That's a that's a really good point. Okay, so now we move on. You know, I, I, anything else that are that are going to change my life, going to make my life? Oh better? yeah, the, the second big thing I was going to say is that's really coming along nicely is is wearable fitness monitors, mm-hmm. uh, giving you insight into you know the status of your health that you've never had before. It's been invisible your whole life, and you know not just the Fitbits that count your steps, but right. now they you know they give you a graph of your sleep and they track your exposure to light 
into sound. They warn you when you're going to get a sunburn. They let you know when you're slouching. Um, it's really turning into interesting stuff. And <laughs> Google, um, yeah. Speaking of of wearables that you really have a do, that you really do have a reason to put on. Google is working on a contact lens for diabetics. There you go. Uh, yeah, that that will eliminate the need to stick themselves multiple times a day to check their insulin levels. This will just detect it from your tears, send it to your phone to look at the levels, and it it really works. It's in that is amazing. So amazing. I am in. That is great. And then the next step is there's there's research on collecting all the data, these terabytes of data that we're spewing out from our health monitors and our our phones for for the purposes of medical research. Of we could course. harvest all this data just for our safety and our health. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can find these amazing patterns of, oh, look, this when this person goes to bed early, he's less likely to have an asthma attack the next day. I mean, you can draw these conclusions based on massive amounts of data that you can't do now. Now, Still pretty frightening. a medical study, you know, you're lucky if you get 50 people signed up in, in a year. Right. Know? Well, it's still pretty frightening. I mean, people are still, you know, I, I mean, I got it. It's great. It's one, you know, it's it's a it's a good thing, and and yes, if you are already diagnosed with diabetes, do I want you to have, uh, do I want you to stick yourself eighty times a day? No, I'd rather have you, uh, you know, just have it uh, sent to your phone. Yeah, it's time for your insulin, but I mean, there's just massive amounts of information that is um, time for you to sit down, Jeff. <laughs> it just seems, uh, you know, we're getting. All right, I'm, I don't. I don't care. I'm ready for the body chip anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. I, I don't want to have to bring out my wallet. I don't want to have to bring. I just uh, boop. I'm done. I want to go through the crowd and be done with it. It's fine. Um, the old school of cash and everything else is. Uh, I mean, we're pretty close to cashless now. We're getting there. I'm. I'm surprised it hasn't caught on more than it has. You know, paying by phone. It's. It really is kind of nice. Um, but it's just. I know there's competing standards, and the retail shops and restaurants need to upgrade their cash register things, which costs money, which they don't nice. want to do. So that revolution is really sort of stalled as well. That's too bad. Okay, so author, Pogue's Basics to Life. I know you've got like a hundred and well, – how many books do you have now? Eighty? Uh, yeah, 40? about eighty, yeah. You, <laughs> but my, you know, some of my favorite uh, uh, reading is The Basics. Pogue basics, life, and just your basics, and tips that, uh, you know, get you through everyday life, and I love the whole idea of it, and I know that before we get to the basics of life, you're in the middle of doing a new book now, right? I am, That you're looking for, uh, you're looking for tips? Yeah, that's right, so the, the first Pogue's basics book was all tech tips, you know, how to, you know, the little, little tips about your phones and computers that, you think everybody knows, but they don't, because there's really no, like, driver's ed for technology. So that was right. two years ago. And then this last Christmas, there was a sequel, Pogue's Basics Life. Yeah. Um, and then now I'm working on a third one to come out this Christmas, uh, which is Pogue's Basics Money. And I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. There's just so many loopholes in life, little little finance hacks that let you save and make money that people are just walking right over, walking right by and not realizing it. It's kind of amazing. What's one of the things that's going to be in your new book that you didn't know? Well, how about this? That when you go away on vacation, 
you can call your cable and internet companies and tell them you're going away and stop paying. Why right. should you pay for cable for an empty house? I love that. You know, and uh, it's so funny you say that and you think about, uh, I remember I remember my folks and my grandparents would, uh, you know, pause the newspapers. Which, yeah. you know, who gets a newspaper anymore? Certainly not myself. But, same uh, idea, yeah. But it's the same idea, right? It would just They would pause it, then there's no reason. I'll call you when I get back, you can start delivering it again. And, and I love this one. Of course, we know that there are, um, there are credit cards uh, that let you, uh, that, that give, you, give you cash back on everything. Uh, right. So they're like 5% back or 6% back. So there's some, some of these amazing hacks that people send in where you, you use one of those credit cards to go into Costco and buy a gift card for yourself for Amazon or you know, Best Buy or wherever you do shopping. Um, and because Costco themselves marks down the gift cards, right. you're using your 6% discount on your credit card to buy a gift card that itself is marked down. And <laughs> you can basically do this credit card arbitrage and save massive amounts of money. And speaking of, it better be cards, worth it. You still have to pay for the Costco card. That's right. But but this this I didn't realize. There are um, websites like Gift Card Granny where you can sell gift cards that people gave you that you don't want. You trade them in for cash. You get ninety two percent of their value. That's not bad. And similarly, if you are going to some store. You can buy one of those cards for yourself at a discount. You know, you pay 92%. So if I want to use an iTunes card, I can right. go to one of these sites and buy it for buy $100 worth of iTunes stuff for 90 bucks instantly. 10% off everything. And if I buy that card with my 6% refund Visa 16%. card, now I'm getting 16% <laughs> off of everything in the world. That is great. Well, all right. So that that's coming uh, this Christmas, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we'll definitely have to talk to you about that. So let's go, we'll go back to uh, your basics in life. Um, what are you, a couple of your favorite uh, life tips before uh, I have to let you go today? Well, some of them are, are these uh, these things where designers did things for us, and the word just never got out. Like like on the the fuel gauge of every car, there's a tiny picture of a gas tank mm-hmm. with an arrow pointing either to the right or to the left. That's to tell you which side of the car has the gas tank. <laughs> that's I, I actually I I heard you say that uh, yeah, in another interview, and I went, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so when you're in a rental car, you know you're spared that dance of driving around the gas pump. No kidding. And or uh, or an, and this one's a life changer. You should leave the butter out. Don't refrigerate your butter. Butter doesn't spoil. Goes m- yeah. many weeks, and by leaving it out at room temperature. It's soft and spreadable. Yeah, it's so much easier to spread. Yeah, my wife's yeah. been doing that. She's she's had that argument forever. That's how they do it in Europe. Yeah, she's Smart. had that argument forever. I'm leaving the butter out. Leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think my favorite one, I don't, I don't know how old you are, Jeff, but sooner or later you will get to be 155. Okay, all right. So those of you who are over 40 know that your eyesight will start to go, and you will need glasses, yes, maybe for absolutely. reading, maybe for distance. But here's the thing. When you're caught without your glasses, this is the one lasting thing from this book that, that I use. I can't read that. Time. I don't have my glasses. Yeah, exactly. You can still read using the pinhole camera effect. What you do is you curl your index finger tightly against your thumb, making a tiny pinhole. Right. You hold your hand right up to your eyeball and look through that pinhole. Suddenly you can read again without the glasses. 
That is fantastic. <laughs> so when you're, you know, in a restaurant reading a menu, or you know when it's useful when you're in a shower in the hotel and you can't read the labels on the little <laughs> bottle. Now you can figure out which one is shampoo by holding your finger up to your eye. I shouldn't just wash my hair with the skin softener? <laughs> I shouldn't just do that? Exactly. I've just saved you that shame. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. David Pogue. All right, so all this information uh, they can get at your website, uh, davidpogue.com, correct? Yep. yep. And are you still giving uh, – I know you were asking for – I mean – uh, tips for your uh, book that's coming out uh, uh, this coming Christmas. Um, are you still waiting for people to give you more tips? Yeah, I How am. Do they I'm, do I'm that? looking for more sort of price hacks of that type. And if I use yours, I'll, I'll credit you in the book and send you an autographed copy. That's the deal. So just you know, just email me pogue at me dot com, p o g u e at me dot com, and uh, I'll acknowledge you one way or another. And if I use your tip, I'll uh, send you a copy. That's great. David Pogue, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care, sir. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher. Thank you. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Pure Opelka, Mike Opelka coming up immediately following this broadcast. And then uh, he's live. And then you have Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Peggs all live on the Blaze Radio Network. Then Monday through Friday, oh my gosh. Doc and Skip, some guy named Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. <laughs> I mean, really, why would you go anywhere else? That's right. You shouldn't. <laughs> exactly. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. There's a Facebook page, Jeff Fisher Radio, and an Instagram page as well, JeffyMRA. But Twitter's my favorite, so you can join me on Twitter. Another, uh, another very sad day for uh, New York, uh, New York workers. Uh, all of you uh, people who work in New York, especially the people who work, uh, I don't know, at this network uh, in NYC. Uh, All were trying to find ways not to have to come into work next week. Oh, I can't get to work. Uh, New Jersey Transit is on this strike. I'll have to actually drive my own car. I'll have to walk. I'll have to ride my bike. I'll have to take a cab. I can't do that. New Jersey Transit's on the strike. Uh, No. Uh, the deal has been struck. Uh, there's going to be no strike. So no excuses. Back to work in NYC for all you people using New Jersey Transit. Sorry. Deal's done. Okay? No strike. So sorry. Uh, this story fascinates me. Uh, we talked about it when it first happened. Uh, the Russian press minister and aide to Vladimir Putin, who was found dead in Washington, D.C. Remember last November? And they're saying, you remember they said he died of a heart attack? And then they said that there were possible uh, ladies of the evening there, and they didn't know what he was doing in Washington, D.C. Nobody knew he was there. And, you know, we found out that he had some homes here in the U.S., and he was, you know, he was Vlad's right-hand guy there for a long time, and he set up a lot of stuff. 
uh, for the Soviet Union. Uh, he was a big player. Uh, Mikhail Lesson. Well, um, he didn't die of a heart attack. Okay. Uh, he died of blunt force injuries, the medical examiner said. Uh, he died as a result of blunt, blunt force injuries to his head with other contributing causes listed as a blunt force injury to his neck, torso, upper extremities, and lower extremities. Under the entry for manner of death, the medical examiner wrote, undetermined. Undetermined because he got his butt kicked. Somebody beat the beat the life out of him. Literally beat the life out of him. So whatever he was into, uh, shouldn't have been into it. Okay? Trying to sneak in and out of the U.S. There, this little Washington DuPont Circle uh, hotel. Uh, no. Sorry. So they're just waiting for clarification. I'm, I'm, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, if anything uh, happens about this. If nothing happens, then you know it was all inside stuff, and this probably shouldn't have been reported, and they should have just left it as a heart attack. I'm surprised that the um, the medical examiner. Well, why would they be? You know, why do they care? They can say anything in today. He goes, "Yeah, he was beat up. I know. We said he had a heart attack before, but we were wrong. So we lied. <laughs> so what are you going to do?" Exactly. Nothing. So it'll be fascinating to see what comes of that, if anything, because I don't know. I don't know. We talked uh, to David Pogue uh, earlier uh, last half hour in this broadcast, and he talked about how uh, he thought uh, the driverless cars were going to be so huge and the driverless Uber cars were going to be so huge. A, I saw an ad for the new Volvo uh that can take you from driverless to manual um looks a really cool uh yes uh, i want one please and volvo if you'd like to deliver one uh here to the mercury studios to me uh, i'd be happy to be a spokesman for you and let everyone know how great your automobile and all other volvo automobiles are uh just for dropping one off here at the mercury studios in dallas texas be great but there is news uh, that Uber drivers, a little bit different than the driverless Ubers. I know where you just you know you show up with the with the computer car, but there is news that uh, Uber drivers are uh, putting down fake vomit and taking pictures and then charging people. So apparently, you don't make any money as an Uber driver, or at least. You know, I know Uber claims you do, but I just got done talking to someone not long ago who said that the money doesn't work out. It doesn't it doesn't happen. All right, the deal isn't quite right on how they work out the payments. So the way they make money is if something has to be cleaned, right? Then they charge whoever was made it dirty uh, extra money. So uh, she. He used fake vomit and charged her 200 bucks cleaning fees. Now, they've, there's another guy that's been charged $100 fake cleaning fees, and um, a couple people have been charged $200. Now, the one picture is amazing because they claim and they got their money back, but the picture is of vomit in the Uber car and saying, hey, uh, you know, 
I've got to get uh, this is my this is what we're charging you for the extra two hundred bucks. That money goes directly to the driver. So some of the drivers have found out, hey, I can just say they needed to fix it and I get that extra money. Uh, the picture is the vomit up front, which is <laughs> – and one of the pictures uh, was from a, a stolen from another picture. It wasn't even his car. Um, he showed a picture from a couple of years ago from a ride-sharing website. So um, – and then the one vomit was in the front. Uh, they said, uh, well, we only ride in the back. So how is it possible that I puked in the front? So just be careful with your little Uber drivers. And you may think about uh, remembering exactly when you got off what you got off. Now, those people got their money back. But I don't know if other people, you know, how many are down the line for Uber saying, uh, hey, we had to clean the car and it's your fault and we charged your account. Sorry. The way it goes. <laughs> And we talked a little bit about robots and how they are going to help us. Are they? Ray Kurzweil, um, you know, the American inventor who Google's guy, the futurist. Um, When I talk about computers reaching human levels of intelligence, I'm not talking about logical intelligence. Okay? It is being funny and expressing a loving sentiment. That's the cutting edge of human intelligence. Wow. We're going to combine with that intelligence. How cell-sized nanobots in our brains will connect us to the global internet and let us download skills matrix style. We'll also edit genes like computer code to cure diseases. That's what's coming. Wow. Be ready for that. Are you ready for that, we're going to combine with that intelligence. Okay, cell-sized nanobots in your brain connect to global internet, and you can download all your skills. That is kind of cool. And we also talked with David Pogue about the drones and how the newer drones uh, won't crash. Right, they can fly, and if you try to fly them into uh, into a wall or something, they won't. They'll just stop. They're not going to crash. Well, it's come to our attention now that the Pentagon has been using these uh, drone swarms. They experimented with the new secret prototypes, micro drones, that launch from the flare dispensers of the F-16s and the F-18 fighter jets. The canisters containing the tiny aircraft descended from the jets that are on parachutes before they break open. And then they allow the wings of each drone to swing out and catch the wind. Inch-wide propellers on the back provided propulsion as they found one another and created a swarm. A swarm of micro-drones. It was run by the uh, Strategic Capabilities Office to figure out how best to counter growing strategic threats from China and Russia. Of course, the specifics of what the mini-drones can do are classified. But they could be used to confuse enemy forces and carry out surveillance missions using equipment that costs much less than full-size unmanned aircraft. Yes, and they would never be used against American citizens. Ever. T. 
team of scientists have demonstrated that a computer can outperform human judges in predicting who will commit a violent crime. Yay! The technology could potentially spare victims from being injured. Oh, oh, good. Good, good, good. They could potentially spare victims from being injured or even killed. It could also keep the least dangerous offenders from going to jail unnecessarily. And yet there's something unnerving about using machines to decide what could happen to people. You think? Now let's let's talk about that for a second. It could also keep the least dangerous offenders from going to jail unnecessarily. So we see, oh, you are going to commit a crime. We think you're going to commit a crime. Okay, we're going to put you over here so you don't commit that crime. That's, no, we're not calling that prison. (laughs) Oh, if you committed a crime, we'd put you on the other side of the hallway. That would be prison. But since we're trying to stop you from committing a crime so you don't go to that side of the hall, we're going to keep you over on this side of the hall so you don't commit the crime. That's still prison. Unbelievable. They're going another using vast data sets to identify individuals who are criminally inclined. Yep, that's exactly what they're doing. A system called Beware, for example, is capable of rating citizens. Oh, good. We're testing it in Fresno, California. As posing a high, medium, or low level of threat. Good. Press accounts say the system amasses data. This is We talked about this system, actually, and it's in uh, Fresno, and there's uh, two other cities, I think, in the U.S., right? One of the creators of that system, University of Pennsylvania statistician Richard Burke, he only works with publicly available data. Of course you do, Richard. We would never think that you would get data that's not public. <laughs> oh, that's, we're not stupid, Richard. <laughs> The system isn't scooping up and crunching data on ordinary citizens, no. But it's making the same forecast that judges or police officers previously had to make when it came to decide whether to detain or release a suspect. Uh, That's not really true. Uh, That sounds good, but that can't be true. Because the police officer's out on the street and sees little Joey uh, walking down the sidewalk looking uh, like he doesn't know what he's doing or he's looking for some trouble and can stop and say, what are you doing, Joey? Uh, Why don't you go home? The computer would sees, uh, picks Joey. Joey could possibly commit a crime. Joey, you're not allowed to go out tonight. You could possibly commit a crime. That's different. And Joey might decide not to commit that crime. He may be leaning, he may be walking down the street thinking, you know, I would really like to rob from that house. Man, I would really, I'm going to rob from that house. The computer would say, stop him, right? Put him over on that side of the hall. We can't put him in prison, of course, because he didn't commit the crime. But we can put him in the could-commit-a-crime cell. But in real life, he may decide, no, you know what, I'm not going to commit that crime. And he would think that he's not going to commit that crime because he saw, oh, I don't know, the real live police officer parked down the street. Or he got, uh, he looked and he saw the lady walking into the house that he was thinking about robbing and said, oh my gosh, she's a friend of my mom's. I can't do that. Any number of things could have happened. It's amazing. Amazing. 
what is coming. And yet, we're still protesting, right? We're protesting because the world is on fire. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. the Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Welcome to it. Michael Pelka coming up next. Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, a couple things. A couple quick things before we leave. We talked a little bit about the micro drones uh, swarming uh, by the military that they're practicing. But uh, now they're using uh, drones uh, over spring breakers. Yeah. Uh, they don't, well, why have police officers walking through the crowd and stuff when you can just fly drones over them, right? Fly drones, see if anybody's doing wrong. But I see in this story where it talks about Florida is moving, uh, especially a Panama City where they have a big, big spring break area, moving to ban alcohol consumption on the beaches. Okay. If I can't drink alcohol on the beach in Florida, why would I go to Florida? Uh, Florida, are you becoming that dumb? And then I remember the story now that they've actually sunsetted their entertainment industry financial program so it doesn't make it uh, viable for companies to come and film television shows and movies and series in the state of florida just makes them go somewhere else good job florida you are on top of it i mean that with every ounce of man i wish i still lived there not in my body all right see you later I guess you look okay today. A little shaky. Have a good week. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.